Learn which companies are using sound best by downloading Veritonic's 2019 audio logo index. Just visit thesonictruth.com. Welcome to the Sonic Truth Podcast. Dexter Garcia is co-founder and CSO at Audio UX, a sonic branding agency dedicated specifically to creating functional sounds, or earcons, for brands. Earcons are everywhere, from receiving a text to turning on your washing machine to the seatbelt alert in your car. And Audio UX is leading the pack on creating them. Welcome, Dexter. Thanks for having me, Scott. Before we get started, let's play a little game we like to call Putting You on the Audio Spot. Typically, when we do this, we have our guests listen to ads. But to stay relevant here, Dexter, we're going to have you listen to a bunch of functional sounds. You'll tell us if you know what it is, if the sound belongs to a particular brand, and what you think of it. An interesting fact here, and we promise we did not play these sounds for Dexter ahead of time. He doesn't know what they're going to be, and he definitely doesn't have any information from us. His accuracy here is amazing. Okay, here we go. Here's number one. Yeah, that's the uh, iOS low battery sound. Yeah, and, uh, it's it's uh, it's a good sound. I mean, it's it gives you the feeling that something is powering down. You know, it gives you that slow portamento of that pitch going down. Interesting. It's like uh, it definitely has that like robot dying right. <laughs> aspect to it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Here comes number two. Yeah, I think that's the uh, the Skype um, incoming call sound. Um, and uh, my understanding is that those sounds are created uh, through various mouth pops and bubble pops. And um, and I've always felt like there was a cohesive set to the entire Skype uh, sound design portfolio. Um, there's definitely a family of sounds there. And I think we take for granted how much that has entered like the cultural zeitgeist. It's, you know, some of those sounds are in movies and in different podcasts and I think people have really come to know these sounds kind of as second nature or like really understand that uh, and really remember the sound of, of Skype for that reason. Cool. All right. Here's number three. Yeah, uh, that's the, the the Visa point of sale sound, uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, that's a that's a pretty recent, um, pretty recent sound from Visa. And it's been uh, kind of the front runner of most of their campaigns. I remember it was pushed through uh, many of the Winter Olympics advertisements and this this is a really interesting difference between in the way that Visa and the way that MasterCard is kind of going about sonic branding. What Visa is doing is is assessing where what's the most important juncture between the user and the brand and giving that particular spot a sound. And I think this is a really good example of how earcons can also become sonic logos um, and that there's uh, really now... There's a really there's there's a ton of crossover between the Sonic logo world and the Earcon world for that for that reason. Okay, interesting. All right, all right. Here's uh, what are we on number four? Uh, yeah, that's the sound of like the paper towel roller. Exactly. All right, last one. Yeah, so I think that's the Facebook like, and um, I think this is another really good example of how Earcons can kind of become part of the cultural zeitgeist in a lot of ways and can kind of be 
the lead audio identity for a brand. Um, you know, and maybe you guys can speak to this, but I, I'd be interested to sit down some Gen Zers in a room and play the Intel inside sound uh, Sonic logo versus the Facebook like and see, you know, who, who recalls what. Um, so I think for a lot of, at least for the younger generation, you know, earcons are becoming more of their understanding and um, their moment of recall for these brands. That's great. And I, ha- I have to say, we're in, we're in season two of the Sonic Truth, and that was one of the more stellar performances we've seen <laughs> uh, on Put You on the Audio Spot. And I, I will also uh, say, you know, as, as a segue into, into you telling us more about you and, and Audio UX, it's a, it's a great example of just how in tune you are with these sounds and, and uh, you know, they're kind of hiding in plain sight. And I think, you know, your knowledge and kind of awareness of them, you know, is really exceptional. And so that was certainly brought out there. So with, with that in mind, uh, could you tell us a little bit about how you came to start Audio UX and, and, and a little bit of the backstory? Yeah, sure. So Audio UX is an audio branding agency, and we work with brands and agencies alike to define the sound of a given brand or uh, a given campaign. And I think there's a really interesting uh, conversation around audio branding right now for the fact that uh, there's a ton of engagement. We're seeing a ton of engagement around podcasts, right, and smart speakers and audio ad revenues through the roof. And so for that reason, because there's so many different touch points, I think the, the question for brands is, you know, how do we meet the user in all of these different places while providing a consistent messaging for each of these channels? And so for us, you know, one of the reasons why we started AudioX is to be more helpful to understanding the user experience of audio, quite literally why we call ourselves AudioUX, because <laughs> uh, I think that audio branding needs to take a next step in also being a user experience advisor in, in that sense, understanding that there are all these platforms and that they can all be connected. And thus, since all of these devices are so connected now, uh, they need to say something to the user, right? They, they, there's much more information that they have to tell these days. And if we think about like, um, you know, why earcons and why now? Um, a good example that I like to use is the evolution of the mobile phone, right? So if you jump back to uh, 1998 and everyone's, you know, using StarTax, there's only a few things that that phone really has to say to you, right? It's, it's either you got a text message or somebody's calling you. You know, fast forward, now the mobile phone has to give you so many different kinds of, so many different types of information. Thus, the articulacy of that device has to increase, right? That device ha- now has to have a language. And you can't really get by as, as much as you can anymore with simple beeps and simple tones. You know, there there is much more complex information that the device needs to say. So thus, you know, we focus in and we help brands develop a language for these devices. And that language results in the creation of these earcons. Exciting to hear all the things going on at Audio UX. Just out of curiosity, you know, why you? How did you, how did you get to the, the, this place? Well, it started um, a lot with uh, mobile app sound design. I think that was one of the first things where um, brands kind of gravitated towards and saying, oh, like we have an app now and now we can make a branded push notification or uh, unique audio haptics for this experience. And we always looked at that and saw... Like, hey, there's a there's a real branding opportunity here. There's a there's a way for a brand to identify itself with these uh, with these earcons in these mobile app experiences, and that kind of uh, snowballed into sound design for Bluetooth speakers, right? And once we saw the emergence of those, and thus 
you know, if you have a Bluetooth speaker, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have to connect your phone to that Bluetooth speaker. So we started making, you know, uh, Bluetooth connect sounds, Bluetooth disconnect sounds, and we kind of became experts in this mobile and smart speaker world that kind of snowballed into home goods, right? And um, microwaves and now Alexa enabled devices. And now we're working with autonomous vehicles. So, you know, just from our perspective, uh, we've worked with many different kinds of devices. And, you know, the, the automotive example is a really good example of why earcons are super important right now. Um, you know, if you jump back to like, you know, 1994, and you're cruising in a 94 Mazda, there's only a, a few things that the, the car really has to dictate to you, you know, uh, max, there's probably about 10 sounds in that experience. Um, there's other turn signal sound, you know, there's your standard horn and, and a few other alerts inside the car. But now, because the car is so connected through Apple, you know, car Apple Play or what have you, and now you have these kind of Tesla competitors coming to the race, um, there are many more things that the car has to say to its user. So thus, you know, that car has to develop its own its own unique audio language. So right now we're at the nexus of uh, working with brands to develop their audio identity and then translate that into a UX sound design experience. Cool. And uh, obviously we're talking a lot about functional sounds and all the different things there and earcons. How much of your business is, is earcons and, and you do other things as well, right? So what what else is important um, kind of in that in that world from a sonic standpoint, audio branding standpoint? Yeah. So from an audio branding standpoint, the UX sound design is just one execution of uh, many different capabilities like that we have. Um, it ranges from voice casting, right? From choosing the right voice for your Alexa skill or your commercial or a voice that can represent the brand to designing audio logos to composing brand themes. Um, but, it, you know, it all starts with the core audio identity and how that manifests in, in all of these different touch points. So, yeah, we specialize in pretty much everything, but we've found a unique uh, niche in this industry in being specialists in creating ear cons and UX sound design. Okay. So for the person who's listening to this and probably thinking, wow, this is there in my life uh, every day, many times a day, and I never really thought much about it. And now as maybe I'm, I'm in marketing and I'm thinking, wow, I should be doing something about this. Like this is something that, that we've missed. Like, you know, how, how do you kind of look at the value of that? How do you kind of communicate how important it is and can it be quantified in any way like in your mind? Yeah. So let's define the earcon. Um, you know, the pure definition of an earcon is any form of nonverbal audio communication between a device and its user. And in that space, um, you know, there's a, because it's a customizable space, there's a huge opportunity for the brand to make its own stamp in that moment. Um, if you think about, um, you know, what else is a, what else is an earcon? Most people understand earcons from the sound of their Mac booting up or, you know, possibly like the Facebook like, for example, or even the Twitter refresh sounds. Um, but ear counts are also, you know, some of the smaller sounds that you hear between when your microwave is done with your mac and cheese or the sound of your baby monitor. Ear counts are also found in hospitals and patient monitoring systems. So ear counts are everywhere. But right now, brands are kind of um, looking at the space and saying, oh, because we can customize the sound of this device, you know, we can have we can have a branded experience just just in this way. Where do you see? Because you're so close to this, you know, are more people actually doing this and getting 
uh, that feedback loop of like, wow, I did this and, and I really noticed a difference. Is this is this happening in the wild? Are there any examples you can talk about? Because I think part of this is like, it sounds so obvious. How isn't everybody doing this? But what's what's an example where, where people are doing it today that you can talk about? It's becoming more of a consideration uh, in terms of uh, voice-first experiences. Because there is no visual UI, you know, the question for the brand stands is, you know, how do we get a user from one uh, from one place to another within uh, a voice-first experience without any visual cues? Thus, you know, because it's an audio experience, you need to develop audio cues. And that's what these ear cons are. They're audio cues to help score the user experience, to help the user get from one place to another. Um, so I find it's they're extremely helpful in, in terms of voice for, for voice first experiences for sure. What's a shining star example? Like if you'd have gone like the you know the the pantheon of of uh, kind of sonic uh, experience or kind of ear cons or maybe like a good sound design uh, example that you would cite is like wow this this is one everyone should check out or an experience maybe not a singular sound but maybe uh, just an experience that you feel is really strong. Yeah. Uh, what would that be? Yeah, uh, I got to give huge credit to um, the team over at uh, uh, at Lincoln Aviator. They did an amazing. It's it's some of the most cutting edge audio branding that I've seen. And what they've done is they've redesigned all the sounds of the Lincoln Aviator with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. So the Detroit Symphony Orchestra is playing the sounds of uh, of is playing the sounds of various alerts in the cars. Like if you left your door open and you hear the sound of the orchestra playing that alert and other various alerts like lane departure warnings and forward collision warnings. So that's a way that they've, I mean, that in itself is, is very much audio branding as, as much as a, as a sonic logo in my eyes. Um, there's story behind the sounds and it's improving the life of the user. And on top of that, uh, they took those sounds that the Detroit Symphony Orchestra made and they gave them to a Detroit jazz artist named Kareem Riggins, I believe his name is. And he developed like a set of songs um, based off the sound of the car. So this is uh, when I see something like that, I see, wow, that's a really innovative approach to ear cons. And that is the essence of audio branding in my eyes, something that can tell the story of the brand while also improving the life of the user. Oh, that is Really cool. I didn't know that. It's a, it's a really interesting example. Um, I think they had done something else where they did they make a guitar amp? Did I imagine that? <laughs> I think Lincoln worked with Gary Clark Jr. to make a guitar amp. I think this is real. We'll have to do, get the research staff on that. I didn't think it's, uh, but I'm pretty sure that that happened uh, at some point. Um, what's, what's just uh, just on the on the the counter of that? Like you know, you see probably some negligent. Uh, sound design experiences or someone where you know there's an opportunity that, that maybe they missed for example I have, I have a pair of headphones that I don't have anymore or had a pair of headphones I should say there was I, what I consider to be a premium set of, of headphones and I could never tell whether I'd turn them on or turn them off so what's an example of maybe a missed opportunity or maybe a device where sound design is more important than people realize. Like headphones should be obvious. They're literally <laughs> in your ears. Like you think you'd miss that one. But maybe give us like, you know, maybe a, a cautionary tale of things she, people should be thinking about. I think me and the and the rest of New York have, have always wanted a better sound for the, the Metro card swipe. You know, when you swipe your card and, and you get that loud, annoying beep, you know, that's a really good example of, uh, of a piezo buzzer. Now, piezo buzzers are these small analog devices that fit in many different 
they're they're just found everywhere between baby monitors between uh microwaves to uh patient monitoring systems in in uh in hospitals and there that's the same beep you hear every single time uh whether it's like a truck backing up or you know any anything of that sort uh, but that's what we would categorize as a generic earcon. Now, brands have the opportunity to change that sound and to make it unique. Just for the the layman, um, you know, the piezo buzzer is that like it just a like a like a little chip that kind of goes in. Like what what creates the sound itself? Yeah, it's a it's just a tiny uh, kind of like a little diaphragm that uh, that that sits in. And they've been popular because they're super low cost. Uh, but they're also very easy to fit into small places. And you can control the frequency, or is it, is it always the same pitch? You can control the frequency. Um, but for the longest time, we haven't had the ability to create more space on these devices. So thus, we couldn't load as many audio, audio files as we could now than, than when we could in 1995. So now that there's more space on devices like in Bluetooth speakers and, and Apple Watches and what have you, um, you're you're able to load custom audio, and um, you're able to load custom earcons into into these devices. What uh, brands don't realize is that sometimes you can share the same sound as another brand in a very similar device. So this becomes like a brand safety issue. Um, so by creating a unique earcon, something that speaks to the brand, you kind of avoid sharing some similar sound with another brand in that space, but also, you know, you improve and you delight the user in that interaction. But yeah, so a lot of brands see that and they say, you know, but really what's the value there? So I think there's been a lot of research around, and I think it's a no brainer. Would you rather listen to an annoying beep or would you rather listen to a beautiful harp sound? And there's been a lot of research around um, the emotional affect of that. I think obviously you want to listen to something more beautiful than something simple and annoying, but there hasn't been a ton of research around, you know, really what's the what's the purchase intent here? What's the ROI for brands to actually invest in that and make that decision and make that change? So that's why we sought out to partner with you uh, to do this study. And with the number one um, with the with the number one case we wanted to test it for is purchase intent. You know, do our users um, do they love these sounds enough to actually put their money towards these things? Looking at the study that we did together, you know, obviously we're going to state that a premium sound is, is better than a generic sound. Um, it seems like an obvious statement to make. What specifically were you trying to do in the study to back that up? Yeah, so I mean, I th I think there's been a lot of research around, obviously, you know, the way that a premium ear count will make someone feel. But we re we really wanted to drive home, you know, what's the what's the ROI of making this investment? Because there really hadn't been any research done around it to show that when you use a premium ear count over a generic ear count, um, that will increase the purchase intent or that will influence or a user will feel so strongly about that premium earcon to actually purchase the product that it's associated with. So for for many reasons that was the that was the key thing that we wanted to test for. And in doing so we also tested for usability and brand preference. So when you use premium earcons is that uh assisting the user in navigating the device itself? Is it improving their understanding of where they are in the user experience? And turns out that yes, when you design these premium earcons to be more articulate and a bit more complex and to have more emotion in them, 
um, the information is better conveyed to the users so they actually know at what where they are in the user experience and is it a positive sound versus a negative sound you know when you're able to control the parameters a bit more in the premium arena you can convey a lot more information there kind of looking at the study it's great that we're able to quantify some of this stuff i think it's always interesting when you have something that seems like a universal truth like of course premium is better than generic um, but getting into uh some quantifiable data around how certain emotions influence purchase intent or how they, they that somebody feels when they hear something um, is, is always an interesting thing to look at and, and to back that up a little bit. Um, kind of, you know, in, in wrapping up this this topic and this conversation, um, you know, what would you say is, is you know, kind of the biggest takeaway? Like if, if you only had a second to say, hey, your cons are important. Audio UX is doing really interesting stuff. We're backing this up with data. Like if you're walking out of a meeting today, like what's the one thing you, you want somebody to remember remember you by? So yeah, I mean, I would say that we're at the forefront of, of designing ear cons and not just designing them to be better, but to d- designing them to carry some of the brand identity. Um, and I think for brands, when they look at and when they get into designing ear cons and designing UX sound design, to understand that that is an extension of the brand identity. There's a way that you can design a sonic logo and a brand theme and use those elements to deploy that into the user experience. And thus, the ear cons can be... Um, tiny representations of the brand audio identity at large. So, you know, with someone like us, since we know all these platforms, we know all the devices, we work with all these different touch points, you know, we're able to deliver uh, a more integrated audio branding strategy. And I think that's kind of the unique perspective that we have when it comes to audio branding. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming by today. Really fun conversation. And I think the the future of functional sounds and sound design and audio UX as a company and all the things that are happening there are just a really exciting time as we see so many more devices that not only are audio first devices, so many more experiences that are not, that are not only audio first experiences, but the reality is the ability, as you mentioned, the, these devices that aren't audio first experience to have better audio capabilities now that are that are being underserved. And so there's a lot of opportunity here um, for brands, for product designers, for marketers, for all kinds of uh, organizations uh, from healthcare to packaged goods. Like, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot happening here. And I think it's exciting to be part of this conversation with you. And it's exciting to see um, how we can improve this experience and it'll hopefully make for, for, a, for a, a better sounding world. And, and then we're, we're happy to be in, in there with you. Yeah, that's the mission. Yeah. You've been listening to a podcast production of AW360, the year round content destination from Advertising Week. Visit AW360 at 360.advertisingweek.com and be sure to check out the other AW360 podcasts now available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Producers on this podcast are Richard Larson and Jack Hirschman with music provided by Audio Network. For more information on Advertising Week, the world's largest gathering of advertising, marketing, and technology leaders now in five markets around the globe, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Mm-hmm.